1: All right, let's go hour number two on a Tuesday. Big Tuesday over at the 40 Acres. Chad and Zay with you. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. Big day for Rodney Terry and all Texas men's basketball fans. It became official last evening. Uh, He and CDC got together, made it official. Five year deal and then you gotta really make it official in this modern era. With a press conference. And Rodney Terry had the presser earlier. If you missed it, hornfm.com. It's going out on all the social media platforms as well today. We actually started our show with a one on one with Craig and Rodney Terry that we'll get out there for you at some point. So we are definitely talking a lot of basketball today. And to talk a little bit more about Rodney Terry and the history of Rodney Terry, Zay, you had a connection that nobody else has to talk about Rodney Terry a little little deeper level today.
0: Yeah, that's right, Chad. Coming to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. ATX legend. High school coaching legend. Mm. Not only in the city of Austin, but in all of Texas. One of the first men to hire Rodney Terry on his staff at James Bowie High School in the early 90s. My father, Celesta Collier. Woo! Cece, what up? Hey,
2: guys. What's up, coach? How are y'all today? I'm good. I'm good, Chad. How are you guys doing today?
1: Man, we're, we're doing very, very well. Uh, obviously, a big day for Rodney Terry. Uh, ever since, you know, since I met Zay and we start talking basketball, obviously, we're talking about you and all your stories. And then the Rodney Terry stories start to come around. Um, first off, Let's see if we can get the relationship here, because we've said this is more than just uh, a, a a sports thing. This is a family thing. Can you explain to the people how you are related to Rodney
2: Terry? Well, you know when I when we first hired Rodney back in the early nineties ninety two ninety three, uh, I didn't know that we were uh, was cousins, and it's Dustin's cousin, but. Uh, after we got to talking a little bit, Rodney was uh, from Alvin, and which is down by uh, West Columbia, and we got to talking and, and everything. And uh, his dad uh, actually is related to my father, uh, and so we are really distant cousins. So I didn't know that until after I had hired Rodney onto our staff uh, back in the early '90s.
0: There
1: you go. Okay,
0: now, Coach. Coach Terry mentioned growing up back in that Missouri City area. I know you're from Richmond and Rosenberg, but he talked about the grasshoppers being able to jump and stuff. And y'all <laughs> y'all from the country. Talk about them grasshoppers and them bugs out there. Cause I remember going back to Big Mama's house back in the day. I was never outside because I saw one bug one time that was bigger than my whole head. And I said, Never again am I playing out here.
2: You know what? Uh... <laughs> That's funny you say that because uh, the grasshoppers was as big as some of the birds that's flying around here in Central Texas. Uh, the biggest grasshoppers I've ever seen. Uh, but when I moved to Central Texas, i never seen a grasshopper that big. And, uh, yeah, if you got hit, uh, if, you, if your car hit one on the windshield, you're going to have to go into the shop and get it fixed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> those were some big grasshoppers. My grandparents would use those as bait. That's how you went fishing. You use big jumbo Absolutely. grasshoppers, right? That's good bait. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, Absolutely.
2: Our country. My, my, my mom loved fishing, and uh, she would also use those grasshoppers for bait.
1: Yep. There you go. We're talking with CC Collier, legendary coach, of course, at Bowie High School. So, Coach, you brought uh, Coach Terry on as the freshman coach at Bowie, right? And you're talking, We're talking again, early '90s. Is that right? Early '90s,
2: '92, '93. Absolutely. Uh, got a chance to hire Coach Terry, and uh, man, what a blessing that was to my basketball program. I had just got to Bowie High School uh, in '91. Uh, coach Tommy Cox hired me on uh, the legendary Coach Cox. Uh, but anyway, uh, hired me at Bowie, and my first year at Bowie, I got there during the summer. And I didn't have a chance to hire a freshman coach, so that fresh that that first year, '91 uh, to '92. I actually coached the freshman team and the varsity team. And uh, the next year, 92-93, is the year that uh, I bought Coach Terry on to coach the freshman.
0: Okay. You know, Pops, just being your son and knowing you a long time, you don't hire just anybody. They have to really know their hoops and y'all have to be on the same page. What did Coach Terry show at a young age to give you the confidence to hire him as the freshman coach for your staff?
2: Well, first of all, uh, you're right about that. Uh, you know, Coach Terry, when we sit down and visit and talk, you know, I, I noticed right away, right away, that he had a brilliant basketball mind. He was gung-ho. He was a, a young man that, uh, that had a, a ambitions to move up. And uh, that's who you want coaching your young kids. Absolutely who you want coaching your young kids. He was relatable. He could relate to the young kids. And, uh, you know, it takes a special person to coach freshman basketball. Uh, not anybody can coach freshman basketball. I can tell you that right now. I don't have the patience to coach freshman basketball. So it was one of the best hires I've ever had in bringing coach Terry in on our staff. A lot of people don't know. We used to call him smooth. He was so smooth with, with visiting with the parents and talking to the kids and the kids just gravitated to him. And, uh, he was very knowledgeable about basketball. Uh, the kids wanted to be around him all the time. Uh, You know, you you, you go out and you see certain players play, and you say, that player has that it factor. He just has that it factor. Well, the same thing is about coaches. Coach Terry had that it factor, you know. I knew someday he was going to be a great coach uh, and uh, did a great job of coaching that freshman team. By the way, that freshman team went on to be varsity players and went to the regional tournament uh in baylor that year we had a great team one district and went on and, and lost in the regional tournament that year and coach you, oh, well, a couple of years later okay a couple of years later
1: now and you mentioned baylor isn't and from Bowie. then coach uh coach terry got an opportunity at baylor isn't that correct is that where he when he left uh, you guys
2: cool. did he go to baylor no when he left out when he left Bowie, uh he became a head coach and i'm and i and i here again, that's that's a long time ago, Chad. Oh, but I
1: got you. I got I wanna you. <laughs>
2: say, I want to say he was at Somersville High School, and then he went to Angleton High School. And uh, this is back in, oh ninety four, ninety five, 94, 95, somewhere in there. He became a head coach at a young age. And like I said, he had that it factor, and uh, it didn't surprise me. And uh, back in, oh, 94, 95, uh, I got a call from my friend down at Baylor University, Harry Miller. And he wanted me to come down and interview for the assistant job at, at Baylor. And he told me to bring my wife. So uh, me and my wife uh, got in the car and uh, we drove up to Waco and and uh, looked around. And uh, uh, by the end of the day, I had met with the athletic director and, and all the coaches on that staff and uh, uh, had a good visit with Coach Miller and, uh, Uh, he offered me the Baylor job, offered me the Baylor assistant job. And uh, he also uh, took my wife and had a position set up for my wife at the university uh, where she would have a job also. And uh, he wanted me to think about it. And he told me I had about 24 hours because I needed to get on the road and start recruiting. So uh, on the way back home, I was thinking, and, you know, I I was was the head coach at Texas State, uh, Southwest Texas back during the day. And and, uh, my kids were young, uh, I think Isaiah was only like maybe, you know, a couple of years old, three or four years old. And I had a daughter that was going to be in high school. And, and uh, my, uh, my oldest son was somewhere, you know, uh, elementary getting ready to go into junior high. And and I know eventually I wanted to uh, have an opportunity to coach my kids. And so I called coach Miller and, and said, Hey, look, uh, I'm going to turn down this job. I just, It's just not right for me right now and my family, and I wanted to be with my kids a little bit more, so uh, I turned down the uh, Baylor job. But I told Coach Miller, I said, look, Coach, here's what I want you to do. Don't take my word on it, but bring this guy in. I got a guy that you need to interview for this position. And uh, he said, what's his name? I said, his name is Rodney Terry. I said, just don't take my word. I said, "If if you don't like him, if you don't do well, uh, you know, you won't hurt my feeling, but th- interview this young man. Call him in and interview him. And sure enough, he called Coach Terry in, and, and, and Coach Terry had a great interview, and uh, that's how Coach Terry got started at Baylor. He ended up uh, taking a job at Baylor University, and from there, uh, when he left Baylor, he went to the University of North Carolina Wilmington. Uh, he left there and he went to Fresno State. Uh, while he was out at Fresno State, me and my wife actually went to his conference tournament which was in Las Vegas. So uh, we had a little, we had a lot of fun being in Vegas, plus going to watch Coach Terry compete in the conference tournament. And from there, he went to UTEP. Uh, well, actually, he went back to Texas after he left uh, University of North Carolina. He went back to Texas, and then with Rick Barnes. And then with Rick Barnes, he went from from there, he went to Fresno State. Mm-hmm. And then from Fresno State, he went to Utah And then, of course, back to Texas with Coach Beard and and now he becomes the head coach of the University of Texas, and uh, I couldn't be more prouder. Heck of a
0: run. Yeah, Pop, a lot of Longhorn fans listening right now saying, you're a genius for not taking a Baylor gig. So, (laughs) yeah, they're probably (laughs) nodding their heads and saluting you for that one, even though you put Coach Terry on, which is really cool. But let let me ask you this. What was it like – watching this season because obviously what happened in December happened with Coach Beard and then Coach Terry became the interim head coach. And I know you didn't watch one game during the tournament just because of nerves. Like you retired to get away from the stress, yet you can't watch TV when it comes to the game. Like ain't that something but (laughs) what how proud was it and what was it like just watching him this whole season and now, you know, having today happen where he's it's official. He has the
2: job. You know, it's it's funny. I, I could watch the regular season games. Uh, I, I always caught them on TV, and, and it, was, it was fun watching Coach Terry on the sideline coaching his staff. He's got a great staff, and he does so well with the, with the kids, uh, on the floor coaching, and you can just see the culture that has been built at the University of Texas with Coach Terry and his coaching staff. And I could watch the regular season games, but when it got to the conference tournament, and every game that they advanced in the NCAA tournament, I couldn't watch. I, I could not watch. I did not watch one single game. Uh, I just wanted them to do so well. And and uh, it just, I, you know, I. one night I got in my car and I drove the whole time just around Austin. By the way, I stopped and bought a lotto ticket at a couple of stores. But uh, anyway, uh I, I just tried to pass the time and I didn't want anybody to call me. I didn't want anybody to tell me. Um, and I had a good friend, uh, was the same way. He, uh, he owns the Shipley's donut on, uh, on, uh, on Brody lane. And he was the same way. He's a Texas grad, a Texas grad and, uh, he couldn't watch the game either. So men would talk during the whole entire game until the game was over. And he finally told me, he said, Hey coach, uh, the game's over. I got some texts from some friends and we won. And so that's how I found out we won. So it was stressful, but, uh, uh you know, I would text Coach Terry after every game and, you know, I knew he wasn't going to text me back right away. But within several days, he would always text me back and, and, and we would communicate that way and just so proud in, 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 the job that he's done, uh, with the, with the team this year. And, uh, you know, he was put in a tough situation. And to hold that together, uh, you know, says a lot about the character uh, of Coach Terry and the character of that that coaching staff. And, uh, you know, we're just excited that uh, he's going to get the opportunity to be the head coach at at the University of Texas. And, uh, uh, you know, that that may get me up to a game this year. You know, I I don't get out as much since I retired. And, uh, you know, but I got to go see RT. That's my guy.
1: Now – Coach, will you be able to watch the game, or are they just going to see you walking around the mezzanine, <laughs>
2: not being able to watch? Chad, you know that's a, that's a good question. I may just just you know just walk around a little bit. I'll see some of the game, but uh, that's a good question. <laughs>
1: Somebody look over uh, and say, I say who is that handsome man just walking around the concession stand? What are we
2: doing over there? <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. You know, during the game, uh, the, the the freshman group that Coach Terry coached. The, the guys that became juniors and seniors that went on to the regional tournament were on a group chat. Me and those guys are still close. Nice. And uh, they love Coach Terry. They love Coach Terry. And uh, that we were texting backwards and forth and, and everything, and, and we had already made up our mind that if uh, they made it to Houston to the Final Four, we were going to all go as a group, including one of my basketball managers, uh uh that was at Bowie at the time and she went on she went on and became the basketball manager at uh at the uh Texas A and M. I think you would like that. She she go. was a basketball manager for Tony Baroni. There we go. Come on now. <laughs> and uh now she texted back and said, Hey look, I'm rooting for Coach Terry. She never did say she was rooting for the University of Texas. <laughs> she said I'm rooting for Coach Terry, so I, I thought that was pretty good. But uh, those players and, and my manager, they love Coach Terry, uh, and uh, Coach Terry just have that kind of effect on on on, on kids, and, uh, you know, he's genuine. He, he, you know, uh, yeah, can he be tough? Yes, absolutely. You know, when you cross that line, you know, go 94 feet, it's all business. But the, the kids know that he truly cares about them. And that's the same way he was at Bowie. The kids knew that, that uh, we got a coach here that that knows what he's talking about, that understands the game, and uh, he cares about us. And, uh, uh, that you know, the relationships that he's built with those kids, those freshmen uh, that are now uh, grown men, uh, still have that respect and love for Coach Terry.
0: Very cool. Pops, you know, <laughs> a lot of people that listen to us, they know you as a coach, but they also know you as a legendary driver's ed coach and teacher. (laughs) Talk about those days, and what do you miss about that?
2: Uh, Being in that car for six hours to seven hours a day, I don't miss anything (laughs) about that. Uh, Having some of those kids, To turn on the wrong street and, you know, going down a one-way, you know, I'm lucky to be alive. But, uh, yeah, you know, it was fun. It it, it seemed like I taught half of uh, uh, of South Austin driver's ed. I I ran into a guy uh, over at Macy's about a month ago. My wife was taking back a dress, and uh, we were up at the counter, and she decided to get another one, a different kind. And and I was just standing up there, and this guy goes, coach collier and i said yeah he said uh hey you were my teacher and my driver's ed teacher i said where he said well this was uh this was back in the early 80s i like wow <laughs> wow so anyway it's funny i I, I, get, I get that all the time but uh yeah it was it was fun i enjoyed it when i was young the older i got I started realizing how dangerous it was, and uh, you know, finally, after about 27 years, got out of it.
1: Well, coach, I'm teaching my daughter to drive right now, and uh, I I know the feelings trying to teach my own to drive. I can't imagine teaching everybody else's to drive, so mm-hmm. I feel for you. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: feel for you. Yeah. My my goodness, it is crazy. The good thing, Chad, is I had a break on my side. So that that was a big difference.
1: Yeah, I got to get that installed. I got to find out how to, get that, how to get that put in. Oh, my God.
2: That was a big difference. Well, Coach, that was a big difference.
1: Coach we appreciate the time. Uh, Zay and I have been talking behind the scenes about all these cool stories you have about Coach Terry and knowing him back in the day. I'm so glad the people were able to hear you telling the, the stories of your time around Coach Terry. We really appreciate it, man. Hope everything is going well with you, and uh, I hope to see you soon, sir.
2: You bet. You bet. I'll be back out on the golf course tomorrow for sure. There we go. Yeah, Pops,
0: appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. And I, I won't tell Mama about them lotto tickets we buying. Be careful.
2: <laughs> 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 she already knows. She already knows. All so right. You guys have a great day. Thanks for having
1: me. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Dad. Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. She might have sent him out for those tickets. You don't know. She might have. Is she that kind? or Are they both that way or is it just Dad? Um, just pops, yeah,
0: yeah. She'll, she'll be like, All right,
1: okay, just don't go crazy, dude. I'm telling you, it would be the best story in the world if he says, Yeah, I got nervous, I was driving around because I couldn't deal with watching, I can't, I just couldn't deal with watching Coach Terry's team, but I bought three lottery tickets and I won. Like, Yo, that'd be a great story, that'd be incredible. <laughs> if he goes out to win the lottery and uh, does that. That's a really cool story, though, about um, not feeling like the Baylor situation that assistant job was right for him but suggesting Rodney Terry, and the rest is history. And by the way, your dad nailed it. He said his mind might not be right. He nailed it. After Bowie, it was Somerville, then Angleton, then the Baylor assistant job, UNC Wilmington, then to Texas with Coach Barnes, then Fresno State, UTEP, and obviously back here at Texas. So it was official last night. Rodney Terry, men's basketball coach. You can take that interim word and send it to Dick Vitale. With yeah. a big old load
0: of class with it. Would have loved to broke down some detail about this season, but coach ain't watching nothing.
1: Yeah, no, he he couldn't see it. <laughs> Watch not one minute. He could tell you about that intersection over here that he was driving around. That's about all he could tell yeah, you, which lotto ticket he played, fellas. You know, I learned during these games this year the yield sign is an important thing. And there's this one that's broken over there, and it is yeah. Uh, that's what he could tell you about. Thanks to uh, the legendary CC Collier for giving us a little time and talking about Rodney Terry. Uh, we will continue that discussion. Also, of course, baseball tonight, Texas and Texas A&M over in College Station. We'll also get you flex segment coming up. Oh, there's a local top five you're going to want to keep an eye out for. Saw this today. We'll tell you who it is next on The Horn. Chad and say. <laughs> oh, there is only one man who sounds like that. Little White Snake for the people. That's right, Mr. Coverdale himself. Remind me what this one's called?
0: Fool for your
1: loving. Yes, full for your loving. Good stuff. Good stuff. I think this would be the Steve Vai period on guitar. White Snake always had just incredible bands. Uh, unfortunately, our man David Coverdale, unable. To uh, to get out there and perform anymore, the voices. I can't remember exactly what. There's some health issues going on with David. They couldn't get that farewell tour finished last year. Uh, so shout out to White Snake and David Coverdale. I hope he's doing as well as can be expected right now. Great song here, White Snake. Yes, and Ronnie Millsap. By the way, earlier I guessed Asia for Yes, and our man Craig Way, who is an expert in yacht rock and such things, he tells me that members of Yes split off and made Asia. And then they did Heat of the Moment. That's big time. So come on now. We count that. I was hearing it, we'll right? We count that. I was hearing some we'll of it. That. <laughs> a little Craig helping me with the music idiot savant stuff.
0: So, Chad, over your shoulder, yes. I guess on NBA TV, they're playing a hardwood classic, Ooh. Jordan's double nickel game when he came oh, the fi- back. The 55 at the Garden? The 55 at the Garden.
1: Yeah. Look at Patrick <laughs> Ewing.
0: Just Mike had the greatest jab step of all time. Yeah, you really Like, that's real detailed. You know, Mike had a lot of great of everythings, but his jab step, I was just watching one of the jumpers, like, it was so smooth and so clean into his one dribble pull-up. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, he was just coming back. He wasn't in basketball shape just yet, and he gives your boy Harper and John Starks Double nickel.
1: God, I forgot Derek Harper was on Derek that team. Derek Harper. Is that Greg
0: Anthony I'm seeing out there yeah, too? Yeah, that's Greg Anthony. Yeah. Rocking 50.
1: Good stuff. By the way, to, it will never look right, Jordan in 45, ever no, to me. No. Even in the Bulls version, it never looks right.
0: It really doesn't. <laughs> like, if you ever want to know, like, what game, like, what era was this Jordan, just look at the kicks been Doing that my whole, oh uh, okay, because the shoes go by numbers. The shoes tell you, yeah. I mean, the 45 obviously gives it up here, but rocking the Jordan tens.
1: Classic. That's good stuff. Uh, Obviously a lot of basketball on the brain today with Rodney Terry in the press conference earlier. Somebody else texted on the Specs text line 337-3776. Interview of the week. Thanks, Zay, for getting your dad on the phone for this monumental day for Coach Terry. Somebody else suggests we need a weekly Coach Pops segment.
0: No, nah, he's going to be asking for money and on stuff. On the that
1: show, yeah, yeah. Might, might happen. And then somebody was asking whether it was harder for him to be a coaching legend or a driver's ed legend for 27 years. Ooh. Probably the driver's ed. Probably the tougher. driver's ed. He yeah. told us earlier that it was tough, yeah. Uh, a little bit difficult. We do thank Coach Collier for his time, Coach Terry. It was official last night, and if you have not checked out the press conference, it is up for you at hornfm.com. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in that, re- uh, that realm. Also earlier – uh, we mentioned earlier today at the very end of BE, TJ Ford was on for a couple minutes with the fellas. He's going to be on with Rod and Hards later as well. TJ Ford 430 this afternoon, one of the greats of Texas basketball to talk about Rodney Terry. All right. Speaking of Texas, if you're a Longhorn football fan, we got that. We've mentioned the name before, but things are progressing. You might be in the top five. Let's talk some flex.
2: Flex ATX,
1: for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Zay, I've been keeping you and other Longhorn fans updated on Blake Frazier, the big offensive lineman out of Vandergrift. There is a... Challenge that you have in recruiting. There's a challenge that Coach Flood and Coach Sark have. It's that his dad went to Michigan. Yeah. And played with Tom Brady. Like, that's a challenge. It is. But you have. You look the, like Tom's coming to the house with Giselle
0: and stuff and cooking meals, I, healthy meals for the family. I don't know. We just, really don't, but you act like you have some just no, inside source that that happened.
1: I don't know about that. I'm just assuming Michigan might be important to the kid. Okay. But good news for you. He did put out a video, you can see it at FlexATX, uh, they retweeted, it says, thank you so much for the amazing hospitality yesterday, Texas football, had a blast, and can't wait to continue to see the program, at Coach Flood, at, at Coach Sark, then, uh, earlier, I think this was today, he tweeted out, excuse me, yesterday, he tweets out, top 5, coming soon. So we'll keep our ears and eyes open for the top five. I'm going to guess, not a big limb here, I'll guess Michigan and Texas are both in the top five. Let's see who else is there. Does Texas make the top five? I'm assuming they would, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But Blake Frazier, big of course, one of the big dog Vandergriff offensive linemen, Ian Reed ends up at Clemson already, so it is a program that is uh, sending some guys to to big programs. Blake Frazier, a name to keep in mind, and he will put out his top five pretty soon. Check out FLXATX on your socials for all that information.
0: Yeah, for Blake Frazier, he's another big body that Steve Sarkeesian and Kyle Flood could add to this already pretty massive offensive line roster. And when Mm -hmm. you go to the SEC, you need all of that and then some. So I'm with it. I'm with it. You know, even if there are certain guys out in the nation that are three-star players, they're over 300-something pounds, and you know you could develop them, and they show flashes. Maybe it just might be the area they're in, the team they're playing against. They might not be getting much publicity wherever they're from. If you feel like you could develop that player when he gets down here and take off that baby weight and add that college football muscle, that SEC muscle that you need to add to be successful in that conference that you're about to go to, then I'm with it. And that's what this staff has done. You know, people are talking about Coach Terry and, like, what has he done in the previous places? What does Steve Sarkeesian do with his previous head coaching spots? Not very much. Yeah, it
1: hasn't been fantastic. It hasn't been very
0: good over at UW and SC. So but we've seen the progress from the recruiting classes and each season, five and seven, eight and five. Now hopefully a 10 win season coming into 2023. But the recruiting recruiting classes, top five classes, transfer portal, they've nailed that on the head.
1: And and also you just want, again, we use the example here of Blake Frazier, you want to see more and more names of big-time guys sticking in the area. If you're a Texas fan, obviously you wanted to end up on the 40 Acres. You just want to stop seeing so many guys end up at Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame. It's just it's hap- I know there's a ton of talent. I know that. But when the biggest names end up at those schools – that gets you a little bit. If you're a Longhorn fan, Aggie fan, heck, Baylor, TCU, whatever it is, you're thinking, well, how did that what what what's going on? So you want to watch a guy like whether it's Blake Frazier or some other guys to see, you know, who's on the list and how many of them are staying at home. They're homegrown anyway, but how many of them are staying here?
0: Yeah, and that's what we knew Tom Herman, he didn't do well with His communication and his relationships with these Texas high school coaches. I think Steve Sarkeesian, when you add Jamal Finner to the staff, who definitely knows Mm -hmm. how these high school coaches operate, those are steps to keeping guys in-state. And that's huge. You heard Coach Terry talk about it today at this person. We got to recruit from in-state first, but then we'll go anywhere else to get guys. That's how you have to be for all sports, not just football, basketball. You got to do that for all sports. And – what better than the University of Texas like growing up here you know how big it is and how big the brand is in the state of or in the city of Austin so yeah I hopefully Blake Frazier he takes that into account and him being an Austin native he definitely is yep. remind me where Ron Holland at high school? Duncanville.
1: That is Duncanville, We did yeah.
0: not get to see him in the state tournament. That's because right. Because of coach was team. cheating a little bit.
1: Yeah. Remember tonight, uh, McDonald's All-American game, as long as we we're closing – before we close out the Flex segment here, All-American game is tonight at 8 o'clock, Zay, on ESPN. Ron Holland is a part of that. So Texas fans can watch Ron Holland tonight, and you and the other critics of the move can watch Bronny James play tonight.
0: Yeah, the Bronny James. It's going to be interesting seeing him with – all these big-time players. I've heard he's done well in Houston. from Held the his own? Yeah. Okay. And then some. Um, he knocked knockdown shooter. He's a good ball handler. He has that James athleticism. It's just, is he better than 24 other guys or yeah. other guys that didn't get invited? Like Mikey Williams, viral sensation, his old teammate back in AAU going to Memphis to play a Penny Hardaway. I don't think he's better than him, but hey. Maybe that could be wrong. I could be wrong. We'll see. But that James name has taken him a long ways. You got to admit that.
1: Oh, there's no... It's taking,
0: yeah. you know, him being on the USA team, only 12 make that, so... But
1: tonight is one of those examples of you cannot hide. Once you get on that floor, he's not going to be able to hide. Not at all. So let's see if the talent speaks for itself. And just to be clear, the other big guy that the Longhorns signed, A.J. Johnson, will not be a part of tonight, right? He's right. not a McDonald's All-American. He is not. You think he should be. Yes. But he's not. Yeah. Bronny took his spot, is what you're saying.
0: Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. you right,
1: you're You're a little saucy at... LeBrony because you think he took AJ spot. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's okay. cool. Pops has a little bit of pool. It's fine. I understand it. By the way, when he gets a foul called on him does he say "Dad"? Oh, <laughs> Dad. You bet not. No, he better not. No, he better not. He better not. You better not. We'll see what that looks like tonight. 8 o'clock on ESPN is the McDonald's All-American game. Uh, obviously, 6 o'clock for that baseball game over in College Station. If you want to match up the sound with Craig Way right here on the horn, that game is on SEC Network in terms of TV. All right, coming up, where are we at in society with Zay? We will get back to the Rodney Terry discussion at 2 o'clock. Plus, there's a weird Bradley Beal story we got to get into on the basketball side of things there's football notes out there as well uh, a lot of stuff going on at 2:30 we'll tell you why March 28th matters to us uh, and we hope you're having a good Tuesday if you want to jump in on the specs text line a lot of people are 337 3776 more coming up on the horn
0: And say
1: Can you remember, remember Oh, good grief! Here we go. Interesting. The back-to-back there. You went White Snake. Now you go Deep Purple, a band David Coverdale was in before White Snake. But this isn't Dave. This is the next level of Deep Purple. And this would be, um, oh, God. Yeah, that, that
0: wasn't planned, by the way. That
1: was not, but it, it's good. It makes you feel very music snob. I love that. You need to take credit for that. <laughs> Pretend like you meant to do that. Uh, Perfect Strangers? Yeah, that's Is that right. what it's called? Yeah. This is the era of Deep Purple, my brother loves so much and introduced me to. Man, this is a good sound back then. Deep Purple, White Snake, yes, and Ronnie Millsap, ladies and gentlemen, on the show today. Also, a lot of Rodney Terry talk on the show today. It becomes official last night, but if you believe that the press conference is the first one, that to me as a sports fan, that to me is the official moment. I'm glad they gave it to Rodney Terry, whether it was interim becoming you know, head coach and all that. I think you need that moment at the presser with the logo behind you. That's important to me in sports, this modern day of sports social media, all the different digital platforms and everything. Still, I think that is important to get the logo behind them, let them say hello, just like I think it's important that if you're a big enough deal, you need to do that one more time when they say goodbye. If they're going to get rid of you and you can do it classy and there's no bad feelings or whatever, if you're going to retire after 20 years or whatever it is, I think they need to throw that logo up one more time. Who's had that? Let you say goodbye. Not many. Not many. But there's certain situations. Like... As an Aggie, I thought they should have done that with R.C. Slocum. Okay. And they did it with Mike Sherman. They let Mike Sherman say goodbye. And it was all class. All class in 2011. I mean,
0: clearly they had Krzyzewski. They didn't drive him out. He retired. Yeah. It's a, you think they should do it for him?
1: Um, Because he went out a little odd. I think they should do it, but only because of how smug he'll be during. <laughs> like, it'll be a great goodbye press conference if we get that one. That's just my entertainment value. Yeah, that. <laughs> He'd be
0: like, you know how Coach Terry was like, fellas, stand up. Talking about the team stand up. Yeah. He'd be on the podium be like, hey, fellas, don't, don't stand up. Don't stand up. Don't think you have no. to stand up. No you're, what,
1: you're okay. No, what he would do is he would make everyone stand up that he thinks is firing him. <laughs> You right there. You stand up right there. That's why. That's why I'm not coming back. That's exactly what Beheim would do. It'd be awesome. It'd be so, oh, Jim. be so good. We'll get more into Rodney Terry uh, getting the gig officially. Also, Rodney Terry was talking about Transfer Portal today. Somebody's already asked us about somebody in the Transfer Portal they're hearing about. We'll get Zay's thoughts on that, this Bradley Beal story we're trying to figure out. Also, of course, getting ready for Texas baseball tonight. Can they get to 15 in a row? And can they stop the Aggies' winning streak against them? Four of the, the last four A&M has won – Crazy to think of, the last time Texas beat Texas A&M in baseball, it was that Cody Clemens rounds the bases and throws up the Hook'em Horns uh, game at the dish. That's the last time Texas got a win in the series. So that game comes up tonight at 6, 545 pregame right here on the Horn. All right, let's get into where we at in society see what Zay's got today.
0: Where are we at in society today?
1: I feel like there were a lot of things to choose from because Zay was considering the Bradley Beal story. I know there was other things in the hopper. What'd you end up with today, Zay?
0: All right, Chad. Go to Twitter.
1: All right, I'm headed there now. I sent
0: you the video. It's been going viral. Spring training. The Phillies are playing the Blue Jays. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is one of the weirdest but most bizarre it's
1: an ejection things. Here? An
0: ejection, okay. yes yeah. that I've ever seen, so catcher for the Phillies, j. T. Rillamuto. yeah, he's catching, and the blue behind him, umpire Randy Rosenberg <laughs> so you're laughing at what happened in the video, oh my God I've never in seen the video, that. yeah, Rosenberg. Uh, okay, Relamuto sticks his hand out to get the ball from the umpire, uh-huh. and he did. He couldn't get the ball because Rosenberg, the umpire, already threw it to the pitcher. Yes. So, seconds later, the umpire realized. I guess he didn't want to throw it back to the pitcher this time, and tried to hand it to Relamuto. Relamuto has his glove out, like behind. He's not looking. Right. He's he's like, look, he has his hand behind him. Like, so put your palm out, kind of like a waiter holding a tray, waiting for the ball to be given. Again, Rosenberg threw a ball previously back to the pitcher. The umpire just did that. So I want to say, Relamuto in his mind is like, oh, I need to bring my hand back.
1: Right, like is real. My thought is: is real Muto looking out and seeing that ball in the pitcher's hand, and he thinks, "Oh, never mind. You already gave it to him, so I'm going to take the glove down." Yeah.
0: So real Muto, his palms out, he's looking for the ball. (laughs) Rosenberg is going to put the baseball in the glove just to drop it in there. As he's doing that, real Muto takes the glove away. Again, he's not looking at blue. He's not looking at the umpire. Right. So he takes his hand away. The ball <laughs> drops. Rosenberg has the audacity to throw out JT Rillamuto for this incident. Wow. Just, you're tossed. You're gone. No warning. No nothing. Don't show me up. Spring training. This ain't a real game yet. Dude, this is This is weird. kind of like on all some Allen Iverson stuff. Not a game. Not, not a, a game. game. That I put my life on the line for. Spring practice. <laughs> Spring
1: practice. Spring practice. Yeah, this is where – remember the Rodney Terry thing during the season when Rodney got his first – Coach Terry got his first tech at Texas – I think his first tech as a head coach maybe. And the referee said to him, you showed me up. You showed me up. You showed me up. So that was the thought. And and, and remember, we talked about this plenty of times, Zay – It's a little different in a foul in basketball, as you know, because you have a little bit of leeway of once it's called, you might be able to take it back. When an umpire in baseball throws someone out, it's done. It is as permanent a thing as that sport has. You really have to know when you're throwing somebody out. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable.
0: This guy should be fired. Come Randy on. Rosenberg should be fired.
1: Come on, dude. I don't know if I'd go that far. They need to sit him a little bit though.
0: For throwing somebody out. It's his fault.
1: You gotta sit him. You Just gotta sit him and find him.
0: Talk to him. And I'll, again, I've yeah. never been a catcher. I've never been a catcher behind the plate. This because, is I, I did some research on catchers talking about this incident. Okay. And they said usually a good catcher and a good umpire, there will discuss a hey, Who's gonna throw the ball back to the pitcher? Oh, is
1: that right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And
0: the umpire will say, "I could do it, or you should do it," and that's how it goes, and that's how they, you know, that's how they get through the game. But clearly, there was no communication with Rosenberg and Relamuto.
1: No. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, something got broken down. And then here's the one thing I can't tell in the video: when that pitcher is saying, "Hey, I need another ball." He wants to switch. Does he let it go? Yeah, that's a weird moment. Or is he just palming the ball for a second and he's waiting? And maybe Rio Muto is seeing that too. I'm thoroughly con- confused. But yeah, clearly an yeah he throws it. He throws it. He does throw it. He does throw it. So he throws it to Riomuto. I'm assuming. I guess. But see, that's what we don't see. Because then, by the time the camera gets back. To Real Muto, he doesn't have the ball. Yeah,
0: there's a three-minute video out there that we need to watch. We just need to get straight to the point, but I didn't want to send you that one. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I got it, I got it. That is wild, man. Yeah, a lot of sensitivity there with umpires. Uh, it, it's gotten so it's gotten so strange over the years with umpires in baseball, softball, little league, and all that. Officials in other sports because sometimes I mean, it's gone it's gone too far both ways. Where sometimes you will side with the 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 official or the umpire cuz you don't even want people getting beat up at little league games and cussed out and stuff like that but in this case you got an over we have an oversensitivity problem going on in a couple cases too and between this and the NBA are the first two that come to mind between players and officials we really need to have a discussion about showing each other up and getting past that
0: and that's the thing as an official Or, umpire, you have a certain responsibility that comes with your power. But you can't just go overboard with it. And some of these guys, like Rosenberg, Randy Rosenberg, that's going overboard with it. Like he's not showing you up. Yeah, it's a goofy little incident that happened. That no one would know about. It's a little embarrassing, whatever. Nobody
1: would have ever seen this. Yeah. Just let the ball hit the ground, reach over, pick it up, and be like, hey, man, what's going on? Oh, man, my, my bad. And the fact that it's the catcher, too, batters come and go. You're the home plate umpire. The two catchers in the game are the two people you interact with the most. And you're not going to give one of them? And Real Moutal's been playing for a little bit. You're not going to give one of them a little deference? You're going to assume that the, that the catcher is trying to show you up in a spring training game?
0: That's what I'm saying. Like T- take that- a
1: breath, Blue.
0: That's so weak. Yeah, it's terrible. That's so weak. And of course, when I think of bad officiating, it goes back to the Brock Cunningham or Brock Cunningham over the back. <laughs> oh, ball.
1: you're still there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: that won't ever leave. No, it's not leaving. That won't yeah. ever leave. Look, center ref, it's about getting the call right. Mm. You're looking in the air at the ball. You're not looking at Omir or Brock Cunningham throughout the whole time Nigel Pack shot it. It mm. ain't your call.
1: You're going to be bringing this up for a long oh, time. for a you. long
0: time. Big man.
1: We're going to come off on a Monday, like in the middle of the NFL season next week. Chad, I don't know if you saw the Chargers game, but it reminded me of that Brock Cunningham <laughs> play. Let me explain. <laughs> Let me explain. Yeah, these
0: refs with the big cojones, big man. You want to go home to your wife and take that Mike hard blue chew and put it down. You think you're so big time. Huh? Changing the game, overruling other refs. Yeah, so big. You must feel real good about yourself. You're a bum. You're a bum. You know who you are. If you've ever officiated and had that type of mentality, you're a bum, and you need to turn in your freaking whistle.
1: Oof. Ref smack. Gotta love officiating smack. (laughs) Remember, Zay is at ain't that underscore Zay. I'm at C Hastings 1049 We both tweeted that out if you want to see the crazy video of how Rio Muto got thrown out of that game. That is so bizarre. Up next, your 2 o'clock hour, Rodney Terry gets the gig officially and Bradley Beal and a fan get into it. We'll try to figure out what happened there, too. It's the horn.